Blog Talk Radio. Frontier Beyond Fear blog talk radio program. I'm Susan Larison Dance, and I am just so delighted to greet you back here tonight for yet another episode of Building Bridges, which is a ongoing experiment here on the Frontier Beyond Fear, a new concept that we're playing with here tonight to see where it goes. And your calls on this show are welcome. And the call-in number is 310-807-5104. I have a chat room open yet again tonight. Just checking on that. Okay. There it is. And what we're going to talk about tonight, we're just going to flow with the show as we continue to unfold this new concept in nighttime radio, wherever it finds you. Um, This show, when it's on, will be on at 7 p.m. Pacific and 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Tonight I have it slated for 90 minutes, and we will see how that goes. The intent is eventually to incorporate discussion as well as guidance. In fact, last night I felt that the show went a really positive direction in providing guidance for a caller. And the guidance you're going to receive on this show, should you choose to call in, is going to be very empowering guidance. It won't necessarily tell you what to do, but it will help you find what you need to do. It will help you learn how to trust. We will all learn together how to find faith and trust in our paths. And I had something fun happen to me today. Um, I don't know about you, but a lot of times these little phone substitutions and typos just randomly show up in our day. And I had one show up today that I felt was highly symbolic that I want to share with you and very relevant to the topic that I want to talk about tonight, which is trusting and staying true to our hearts, no matter what is happening in our lives, finding that compass of what our hearts actually say and trusting in that, and also trusting that the universe, God, spirit, however you choose to term that creative force that binds us all together the co-creative force that we can participate in because God taught in so many different traditions, including when I was young, the evangelical tradition that I was raised with, 
God is omnipresent. The creator is omnipresent. And I know that many of us are taught that there can be false gods or that there can be some kind of counterfeit God. But if you are focusing on the creator and you say that I would like guidance from my creator, from the creator, no matter how you characterize the ways that you are a part of that creative being, which you must be if you believe in the omnipresent God, if you focus on that, the creator, then you never need to worry about being steered by anything less than that, should you believe in something less than that. But let's once again review that if God is omnipresent, if God is everywhere, then there can be nothing less. There can be nothing less than God. So the question that begs answering is why are we here? And why do things on this planet seem very, oh, any number of things, seem dark? I mean, just outright dark. Why is that? Well, there have been many theories of that, haven't there? And I have come to believe, and you may feel free to share what you believe, I have come to believe that we are aspects of the divine choosing to have a human experience. And to me, that choice aspect is pivotal, absolutely pivotal. Because if you don't have free choice to be on a planet like planet Earth, which is I mean, we really don't know what the other planets are like, do we? But we know that the planet Earth experience can be incredibly wonderful, but also it can feel very challenging in any number of lives. And yes, I do believe in reincarnation too, because I've seen evidence of it. And I didn't necessarily feel one way or the other about it when I first started studying it and actually I got kind of pulled into studying it and the evidence itself revealed the truth of reincarnation to me and that for me forever changed the way that I view reality and how we come to live on this planet but I really do feel pivotal to my own belief is choice that at some point before we were born we chose we chose to come on a growth adventure, which is Earth, which brings me back to my typo on my phone. Um, and these typos on the phone are just amazing. I mean, it's amazing what the phones will come up with. And I will share with you that many years ago, many, many, many years ago in the 80s, I actually, in the realm of computer science, worked in an office where we were researching this sort of thing. How do you anticipate human language how do you model it and in those days it was simply english in our office that we were looking at of course nowadays people have studied several languages but and we see this happening in many different ways in our world well in the 80s this was the mid 80s that was a very new concept and that the thought that we would even have cell phones like we have today and what they do the internet didn't even exist yet in the way that we know it 
there and that's another story altogether. But about these phone substitutions that show up, here's a little intuitive idea for all of you. Something that I enjoy daily. Pay attention to your phone substitutions. Are they telling you something? Are they giving you a little clue? Are they giving you a little wink or a hug from an angel? Because I'll tell you, they can do that. And in fact, the phone substitution I had today was very angelic because I was typing the word happiness, of all things. Typing the word happiness. Two words were proposed by my phone to the word happiness. And it's just so relevant to what we're talking about tonight. And those two words were HALO, capitalized, HALO, and NEED, spelled K-N-E-A-D. Somehow, my phone, or through some odd combination of characters that I was typing, substituted HALO NEED, as in kneading dough, as in yeast, as in all the things that that might imply, for happiness. And what a beautiful way to flow into this program tonight. And since we are growing the callers here very intentionally and very patiently and diligently, let me remind you, calls are welcome here. The call-in number, 310-807-5104. And I'm going to jump into the chat. Hey, welcome, chat people. I see some people in the chat, and I'm really glad to see you there. And I'll even I'll even type and talk at the same time because I can multitask. Although I may just have to type a smiley. But um, welcome to you guys in the chat. It's nice to have you here. So let's talk about this. Why did I have this synchronistic thing happen today? And, you know, I had another synchronicity happen around that time. I looked up, having typed these two words. Actually, I didn't type them. They just showed up, although I kind of recreated them after I saw them because very quickly we tend to erase them. Clue, intuitive clue, people. Don't erase them right away. Pay attention. They can be really cool. These phone substitutions can be quite amazing. What are these? They're synchronicities. Well, guess what I looked up and saw on a window in front of me, right in giant letters, young It was part of a word, but it was capitalized, J-U-N-G, meaningful coincidences we have learned. And so he, you know, research it. We'll talk more about that on another show perhaps. But let's talk about this concept of halo need. So if we truly are angels before we are here, if we are aspects of the divine having a human experience, Well then, halo would be a wonderful way of thinking about that, now wouldn't it? Talk about a wink from an angel. And this is for happiness, mind you. How did it come up with it? Who knows? The algorithms are crazy. What did I type? Who knows? It doesn't matter. What matters is I saw the wink. I saw the hug. If you can live your days this way, people, it is magical. Your entire world will open up. The rationalists will say, oh, that's just a coincidence. It's not meaningful. Well, you know what? You get to choose. 
If that's what you want to believe about these things that show up, then go ahead, believe that. But we have a right to our, to our authentic experience. In fact, that's what I feel more and more, is that we really need to stand up for our authentic experience for ourselves. Nobody can enforce their reality onto you. You have a right to see things as you see it, and you especially have a right to your spiritual experience, which is honored. Certainly if you're in the U.S., I know we have worldwide followers. Well, it is a human right, let me tell you. And it's not right that certain types of spirituality tend to be judged in our culture and others aren't in the sense of it's it's not okay to be having a spiritual experience. There are those who will say any spiritual experience is not real. Well, that's up to them, and I'll tell them they're missing out on a huge aspect of reality themselves, but it's up to each person to open up when they're ready. So anyway, what does it mean? Okay, I typed happiness. Halo need. Well, angel, because we are angels. We are human angels. We come to this earth to grow. What does need mean? Oh, my goodness, that has so many connotations. Need, as in kneading dough, as in preparing bread to be baked, as in a, an endeavor that requires some effort. We don't need dough a whole lot anymore. In fact, I just saw yet another synchronicity, an article in the paper, anyone who gets the Oregonian, there was an article in the paper, I think, just last weekend about how we don't make bread anymore and that we need to be making bread again from scratch and that what a delight that is to do. Well, kneading the dough, that is a part of making bread. Yeast is present in the bread. And you can even think of that as the creator that's in us all, helping us to co-create because you have that yeast and it continues. Yeast will go from loaf to loaf. Some people have held yeast for a very long time, depending on what it is. And and so, or a starter anyway. Um, and so, in any case, um, how can we relate this to reality? Well, it's beautiful. We're here to grow. We are angels here to have an experience because it makes a lot of sense that things just don't end on the other side, that whatever you think of as heaven before or after this life actually has something to it that continues to be creative. Of course it would. Because anything less, that wouldn't be satisfying. You know, I used to watch the old Star Trek and even the Matrix, yet another example, where they talk about we're really not satisfied when everything is perfect. And this came up a lot a lot on the old Star Trek, how, you know, Captain Kirk would say, you know, we really don't want absolute perfection as as human beings and as other sorts of beings. Well, maybe sometimes we want to feel that. I mean, I would tend to think it must be nice to experience that heavenly feeling of so much more perfection, to have that one with all the love that binds us together, a type of experience. And as someone who's had that kind of experience and feeling very blessed by it, and I know when we cross the veil, 
those who have NDEs, near-death experiences, report that. I would have to believe that there's something to that, that you certainly want to feel that sometimes. But you know what? We are adventurers. We are like climbers of Everest. We are just the bravest, most amazing angels that you ever did know. And that's because that's the way God is. God is not just a boring uh, um, entity that just sits still statically, just being, yes, that's a part of it. But God is creative. Yes, there is peace. Yes, there can be wonderful meditative states that are much like that. But obviously our creator, and we are a part of our creator, is infinitely creative. So we came up with this place called Earth. We no doubt came up with many places. A few nights ago I mentioned in the news the Kepler um, spacecraft had been disabled, The um, where we are observing um, other planets or evidence of other planets and this um, it hadn't been totally disabled it was in emergency mode for some reason and they don't know why but apparently it's or perhaps they do but apparently it's in action again and it's revealing some really remarkable things what it can see just in our galaxy what it can see evidence of planets just fascinating things coming up i mean we when i um, it wasn't very many years ago where we didn't really know if there were other planets. Now, one always thought, I mean, come on now. Of course there are other planets. That just makes sense because to think anything other other than that is just very, like I would like to say, very middle ages of humanity and, and really um, very self-centered to think that there wouldn't be other planets. Of course there are. But the thing is, is we are adventurers. We don't know what our adventures are like in other worlds, and surely we have them. And it gets even more interesting when you think about the nature of time and that what we see as linear time here may not really be the case. Even linear time here isn't really what we think it is. Um, Time is a fascinating concept to study. And we get into multidimensionality when we start thinking about these things. What is time? Does time exist? Right now, I'm communicating across time to anyone who might be listening. I'm listening in the future. I'm communicating to myself listening in the future as I'm reviewing this broadcast, perhaps, although I don't always get a chance. But perhaps I'm listening myself. So can you greet yourself across time? Of course you can. Can you greet anyone else who's listening right now across time? Of course. You are with me now, all of you, anyone listening at any point. You are with me right now because I'm conscious of you. Children often understand this. I understood it as a child. So let's get back to needing. That actually brings up a very important concept when you think of the word need, not K-N-E-A-D, but N-E-E-D. Let's ponder that for a moment, the word need. Because when we think of ourselves as co-creators, a lot of times we think that anything that we see 
that we feel that we want, we're going to instantaneously get. And the truth is, it doesn't exactly work that way. It's more about need. You know, half the time, you don't even really know what you want. How could you know what you want in this co-creative world half the time, or even more than half? Because there's so much to this world we can't even imagine. When you start seeing the unfolding, miraculous world that exists, you can't even imagine what you might want truthfully because there's so much to it. You would limit yourself. You would totally limit yourself if you only saw what you could see and said, yes, you know, I I, I really do think I want that this or that, that house, that car. A lot of times people want things. Do you really want that? A lot of times we think that we love our jobs and we want them to continue indefinitely. I'm sure I felt that way at one point when I was working in the corporate world. I had a great job. I mean, every job has its issues, but I loved the job that I had um, some years ago before I got to be doing other things. But see, the key is that job, even though I seemed to want it. I even thought I needed it. Turns out, when that came to an end, I actually needed something else, and I didn't know that. This show wouldn't exist. A lot of my writing wouldn't exist. Many things that I've done, so many experiences I've had, my ability to walk in nature, a lot of things would not exist. To explore with my own business, so many things. If I had just stayed with the status quo, because we really don't know. We don't know what's out there. We don't totally understand what is possible. And that's why synchronicities are important, because they guide us and they help us. They help us to see what is possible. And these are the meaningful coincidences that we can experience every day. Now, I'm going to again invite you I'm still fairly quiet, but I'm going to be patient with this show. That is my intent right now, is I'm very patiently going to talk. And just as you listen, that's wonderful. If you want to participate, please feel free. This is a very gentle show, and I welcome any participation. But I'm also prepared to just relax and flow with it and see what happens. Um, The call-in number, I will remind you again, is 310-807-5104. And I do have ways tonight to provide some gentle support and guidance to those who call if you have questions about your life. And this way that I will assist you, as came up last night rather spontaneously, is going to be in a way that is not necessarily typical of a lot of other shows on on Blog Talk. And even my show, when I've had people on who do that kind of thing, this is going to be more helping you to find some of your own answers and just starting you in that direction and helping you to see what it is you're really seeking. Because a lot of times it's not so much the question, what's going to happen What's going to happen tomorrow? We always want to know that. I'm that way, too. We're all this way. We, we, we want to be able to read reality as to how it's going to unfold in a certain way. And a lot of times we want to influence it in a certain way. And sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. And when it doesn't work, it means that 
what you're asking for is not what you need and that you actually need something that's much better, even if it seems adverse for a while. You know, there can be many things, and it's a hard teaching at times because things can happen that are that are challenging, but that's why we're on earth. If we can only see ourselves as angels growing and that we're actually growing an entire civilization, we're not just growing as individuals. The earth experiment is a complete experiment involving all of us. It's not just me. Half the time when we think that things aren't going the way that we need them to go, it's because partially we're not in this thing all by ourselves. This is a we. The entire experience of creation is a we, not an I. You are not just here in isolation, although there are those who will propose an alternative theory. This is a show about ambiguity and exploring ideas, and I'm just going to flow from one to the other. There are some who propose that every person creates their own reality and and that there could be multiple timelines where you personally jump between them. So if you're on a timeline where you're interacting with any number of people in a particular way, that's just where you are. And how they can be um, projected into that place is kind of a complicated thing to understand. But so in those cases, you feel isolated. And to me, that feels like a, a rather isolating way of looking at it. And for me, I tend to believe we are here as a we. We are very much here as a we. God is a we. Everyone is a we. Yes, we are special aspects. I am an I. I'm here having this show right now. I'm here creating in my own way, and it matters, but I'm also a part of the we, and I can't lose sight of that. And so that probably is one of the best ways of viewing how you would like your life to unfold is how do you view the we that's around you and how you you interact with that. I could say I talked about um, a job ending some years ago well you know what it was the best thing that could have happened as a mother in that situation turns out I really needed to be home and it was the best thing that could have happened for me and I'd been home before I was very fortunate to have jobs that I could work from home but this particular job no I couldn't work from home and so and my my child was a bit older by then but it didn't matter it was incredibly important for me to be where I was and as time unfolded and different things happen if and you look back in retrospect you realize you were always exactly where you needed to be you know i had a realization one day that if everything that ever happened to you when you look back on it you realize even some of the harder things if they led to things that you really felt were important for you and you realize gosh if i hadn't been there i wouldn't have been here or i wouldn't have been here or i wouldn't have been here and then all of a sudden it all kind of fits together like a puzzle even oh you know that awful thing that happened there oh i wish that hadn't happened well sure but you know what it did And because that happened, well, this, this, and this happened, and if not for that, I wouldn't be in this place. And so, you know, we have to think about life that way. So if we're in life right now and we're facing some kind of adversity, we have to do our best, and we all do it imperfectly. I do it imperfectly all the time, let me tell you. I am no bastion of perfection here. But the more that we are conscious 
of life unfolding in the way that we truly need it. And that if we were to look back on it someday, we would say, yes, yes, I had to be right in that spot. I had to be doing this or that. If we know we're going to look back on life someday that way, then why not be thankful right now for where we are? And that brings up that whole concept of thankfulness, which is a part of it. So if things appear to be going the wrong direction that I put as the basis for today's show, um, the first thing to do is to just stop and say there is no really wrong direction. Yes, there can be detours. Yes, there can be what seem to be long paths. Sometimes I have come on the radio, the long and winding road song, and that reminds me sometimes that's the way life feels. And you know what? Enjoy the view. Enjoy what's happening. Find ways to find joy. I had some challenges in the last year where I talked about on my show multiple times. Someone close to me had a significant health issue, and I was in the hospital with this person. And, you know, I found a way to joy, even though I was, of course I was worried, and it was hard, and it was not something I would have wanted. But at least there were pockets of maybe not pure joy, although actually there was a moment where I felt God very present. And although I don't know if joy is the right term for what I felt, it was incredible. It was incredible. Love. I felt love. And in that, there is joy. But I still felt the challenge of what was going on at the same time. It's a very, I'm not quite sure we have a word in the English language for how that feels. When something challenging connects you to God in that moment, and you just are thankful that God is here, that God is present, that God is holding your hand every step of the way in everyone you love, whether they believe in God or not. If you believe in God, if you have seen evidence of the presence of a supernatural loving power that is indeed natural, there is no true supernatural. Once you know that that presence with a capital P is here and will never abandon you because it's within you, It's not just within you. It's around you. It's in every compassionate person that you meet, the love that's expressed. When you meet a challenging person, that person also must be a part of omnipresent God. And it's up to you to show compassion there, to help them feel their true nature more and more. We call each other to our true natures. We call each other to compassion. We call each other to discovering the love in our hearts that can never, ever go away. It is forever. It is infinite. And it was here before we got here. And that's what having an experience of God, of spirit, of the multiverse feels like. It is pure love. And there are times when we feel it more directly. And sometimes that can be a time of challenge. And it just brings us closer. And it then helps us to understand why we're here on earth. Because we are clearly here on earth 
to have that kind of an experience, even when it seems harsh. We're also here to question. I question. I question all the time. I've questioned my whole life. I think I was practically born questioning. I remember as a child questioning what I was taught. But what do I question nowadays? Well, I certainly do ask, you know, why did we have to make it quite this harsh, people? And I say that as a we, because I know that somehow on the other side, being part of the creative power, being part of this creative being where we're all apart, we had a say. We had a say in making Earth the way it was. And you have to ask sometimes. It's like, did we really need to do this or that? I mean, come on. That's a little bit extreme, isn't it? I mean, sure. I swear I might go up there and say it, you know, someday. <laughs> because it does seem like, um, you know, what, what were we thinking? Well, that's where trust comes in. I mean... Sometimes you just have to say, well, whatever it was, we're here. And so what are we going to do? We're going to show compassion. We're going to be as loving as we can. We're going to find our authentic selves. We're going to find the courage to be who we are more and more and more. And we all do that imperfectly. I do that imperfectly every day. I am around people every day of multiple spiritual persuasions, some of whom might judge me, and I know this, of course. Well, I just have to be myself as best that I can, and even that can be imperfect sometimes. Do we all reveal every aspect of ourselves all of the time? Very few of us do, maybe none. But the more that we bring out, of our special, authentic selves, the more that we have the courage to be who we are, we may discover that we have kindred spirits that we didn't even know. I met someone like that just the other day. In fact, this has happened to me more than once in life, where someone you've been around just happens to be kind of on the same page. And it's like, wow. And then you're just so excited that you found a kindred spirit. And that's part of it. And that's why being even just a little bit more authentic, just a little bit, just a little, can help. Because then other people are just a little bit more authentic. And maybe they believe a few fringe things. And I'll put that in in quotes, fringe. Well, guess what? Reality and exploring the actual nature of reality is going to take you to the fringe. Because... That's always been true. Every scientist, every discoverer, every explorer who ever found something new, every creative person who ever created something new, something artistically, something they wrote, they were exploring something on the edge. They weren't just, I mean, you could be very close to the convention and do that very well. Well, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. If you want to do something quite conventionally and do it your own way and your best way that you can, well, that's just great. But many discoveries aren't like that. True discovery involves thinking outside the box and not just thinking, being, being outside the box, letting your heart flow outside that box 
and then suddenly you've created something new or you found something new, you discovered something new, and you're analyzing something new, or you're thinking about things in new ways, and maybe you're not the only person to think about things in those new ways, and then all of a sudden you start finding the other people who are thinking about those things in new ways. So I had an experience, and I'm once again, I am just going to flow with this as long as my voice holds out, and I welcome those listening, I know that we do have some listeners here tonight, and welcome. Um, I, the chat room is open for comments. You are welcome to call if you like. If you have a question, if you have just something you'd like to explore, again, the call-in number is 310-807-5104. So um, I'll tell a little story about how some years ago I was, I think it was, I don't know if it was the first time, I think it was the second time I was invited to the UFO festival in our area. And I will tell you, as the description for this show indicates, um, I've had some presence on local Portland radio, um, just calling into a show over many years that's on at night. And that... um, got me on the radio at the UFO Festival where I was in front of a studio audience or or just an audience that was there. Well, along came somebody from my community, and they saw me up there, and they told me the story later that they heard this voice. And, you know, I was talking about, I tend to talk about higher consciousness contact. That's my big thing. I, I had Stephen Bassett on this show some time ago. He's a um, a big disclosure advocate for for UFO disclosure, and my area that I tend to focus on, or at least believe in completely, is that there are other evolved species out there, and they are higher consciousness species, and as such, they would be inseparable consciously from God. The the more that you evolve, the more you have this awareness of being a part of the co-creative force, and it's more than a force, part of the loving entity that is God. So it's very possible to have an awareness of, of Earth if you're in that situation, especially as Earth wakes up. And part of my authenticity revealed with this show where I'm taking things another step is I've had some pretty dramatic spiritually emergent experiences. When I was younger, I had some pretty significant experiences which opened me up, and that awareness was there. In fact, I even felt, being such an expansive thinker, that as you rise in consciousness, you could reach out. You absolutely can reach out to all of the higher consciousness beings that exist in the multiverse because they love us. They're like angels. And who knows, there would have to be countless, countless species like this. And they would be conscious of being a part of God, which means they're not so distant. Not only that, they're technically inseparable from us. It's a matter of being conscious. Anyone who ever lived in any place, in 
any time is inseparable from you. You may feel separate, and it's wonderful that we do to a degree because you know what? We are here to create on the path that we are on. Don't ever let anyone take away who you are. I know that's popular sometimes, but you can be both. That's the key. The key is observing being one with the multiverse from the vantage point of being this aspect of God, having a human experience and creating yourself. That's the key. It's a kind of duality. And then there's that we, and there are different groups of we. You know, we are the human race. We are the human race living at this time in 2016. And we are creating reality here on this planet in the ways that we are. There are some pretty pretty difficult things going on on the planet right now, things that we question. We may say to ourselves, my God, it's going backwards. What is going on? Because you tend to think we should be going a different direction. Well, got to trust. We've got to trust. That doesn't mean that we don't stand up for what we believe in. If we believe in love and peace and a different way of being on this planet, a different way of governing, a different way of helping one another so that, you know, it's not just the few that that get all the riches and a good portion of the, fam- of, the, of the family. A good portion of the family. Yes, we are one big family. But, you know, a good portion, um, you know, they're starving or they can't buy the clothes they need or make the clothes they need or, or even, you know, have any kind of safe existence. I mean, so many people on the planet are living in difficulty, and that's all over, including very much so in the United States, where more and more reports come out that, you know, our infrastructure is not so good right now. And when we're compared to other countries, we're plummeting. When it comes to our medical care, for example, we're not doing so well with longevity and, you know, just compared to other developed countries, we've got some issues. And yet, we have a long ways to go. Um, We have a long ways to go in getting where we need to be. Or do we? You see, I question myself. Or do we? Because if we really do live in a miraculous world, are we on a long and winding road right now? Or can there be quantum leaps? Can there be quantum leaps in consciousness and in reality? It's a really good question. I will remind you the call-in number, 310-807-5104. And I'm just going to check a few things here technically. Okay. All right, so you are welcome here tonight, and I'll just continue to unfold this. I am going to be very patient with this show. Ah, well, that's nice. Looks like we're number one in live spirituality right now. That is awesome. That's 
That is wonderful. We don't need to be. I don't need to be there. I'm just glad to see a little momentum, and that's awesome. So let's continue exploring. Well, let's get back to following our hearts, because that's a big deal, you know. So many times we can find ourselves in careers or in situations that just don't feel right to us. Maybe you're in a church or in a spiritual group or among a group of friends who believe a certain way, and it just doesn't feel right to you. It doesn't feel right. Elizabeth Gilbert had this wonderful post recently that I may have to look for it and read it and, of course, attribute it to her. The author of Eat, Pray, Love, she had just a wonderful post. In fact, she has a new book out on fear that um, I don't know that she does a lot of interviews, but it would be really interesting to approach her to talk about that. But I'm going to see if I can find this post here. What it had to do with is when you're in a situation where you just know, not this, not this, even if You don't really know what it should be, but you just know it's not this. And I would expand it from that where when you look at possible places where you could go or things that you could do, and when you evaluate those, not logically, but with your heart. I mean, you can use logic too, but use your heart. It's really a good way of thinking about life because you can feel it. It's visceral. You can feel it when you see, oh, no, not that. That's just not going to happen. And I have known people who have literally changed things with regards to their health. Now, there could be something going on that's really challenging health-wise. And even then, you need to listen. You need to listen to your heart because you always have options as to how to proceed. You know, maybe the t- your time, not everyone is here forever, of course. None of us are in one life. And sometimes things happen. Sometimes really awful things happen, and you say, not this, not this. Well, that can happen to all of us sometimes. But the question here is when you have choices, when you have choices, and you always have some kind of a choice. You know, when I was in the hospital with a loved one, I had the choice to look out the window and appreciate that there was this beautiful view of trees out that window and the dawn would light those trees up. I had the choice to notice that on the TV screen there was these beautiful pictures of nature and at night they would show the stars and it was like you were traveling very slowly through the stars. And I swear if we all had those kinds of... um, I know it's a way that they help people to sleep. Well, it surely does work. So if you're an insomniac, and I've had my issues with insomnia over the years, although lately not so much, although sometimes. I wish I had that right in front of me sometimes, that that screen where you're very slowly journeying through the stars. So I may have been in a challenging place. My loved one may have been in a challenging place. But still, we found something, something to help bring us peace, to help bring us peace. 
I have been at the bedside of a loved one who who died right there. And actually, it was rather miraculous. This was my father. And I wasn't going to be able to make it, technically. It didn't seem like he was going to hold out. And yet he did. And I had time with him. And when he died, he saw something. He saw something that engaged him. You could tell. He looked up. And he had been pretty much out, although I don't believe he was totally unconscious. I think he heard what I said, and I sang to him and did different things in that last hour. And I'll never forget it. But the thing is, is he saw something. He opened his eyes right before he died, and he looked up, and I know he saw something. David Bennett, the near-death experiencer, who has been on this show multiple times, recently gave such a beautiful description of what happened to him when he almost drowned. He technically did drown, but then he came back. But um, he saw this multicolored rainbow light, and they kind of depicted it on the program. If you haven't seen The Story of God with Morgan Freeman on National Geographic. It's a really cool new series, and I've been watching it. I've watched the first couple episodes. I DVR them. And when David Bennett described seeing this rainbow light above him that kind of opened up, it's kind of similar to something Eben Alexander saw. He, He was kind of in a darker place, and then he saw this light. But the thing is, is I'd like to believe that my father saw something like that. It makes sense to me. Looking at what his eyes look like, it didn't seem like he saw like a person. He had already gone through that um, during another, he had his own kind of NDE, I believe, on a, a, a different, when an ambulance came and they thought they'd lost him, he was calling out to his mother and father. I believe he saw him. He was using the names that he would have used for them. I believe he saw him, Um, and that can happen too. But at the very end, I looked at his eyes. I saw his eyes, and he was looking at something. I thought, well, maybe he saw a corridor or something geometric. It, It just seemed like something that engaged him, something unusual, something beautiful, something just amazing. And it might have been an angel, but I really tend to think he probably saw this light. That, to me, really matches what I saw, and not just the bright light that you hear people talk about. It's kind of a a wispy rainbow light that reaches out to you. Or maybe he did see a corridor. Who knows? We will all see these things, and we all have people who who have told us what they saw. Now, it's true that those who have told us never did die completely because they were just having an NDE, which is a near-death experience. They came back. So one of the things that we don't know for certainty, um, although there are some who will say that they've talked to people on the other side about this, but I tend to believe the life review might be a bit different for someone who isn't coming back. A lot of people report having a life review, which maybe they feel like, oh, they feel bad, like Daniel Brinkley, who's been on my show more than once, He talks about how he was just a really awful person. He says that anyway, that he would beat people up and things. And that in his life review, it taught him that he needed to be a better person. Well, that could very well be because he was coming back. Because they say that you feel what everyone, anyone you've ever hurt, you feel it. 
I truly believe that on the other side, if you're fully transitioning, you don't really need to feel that in quite that way because you're an angel. You're becoming an angel again. And so you're not quite coming back. I think that you would tend to feel more love and joy. I think you would have an awareness of the impacts you have. Um, And maybe there's a transition period as you feel it, but it has a different purpose when you're going all the way through versus coming back. And that isn't talked about a lot, but I think it is something as a scientist that I would say we need to explore that, um, you know, when you're coming right back here, there are going to be gifts given to you to help you live differently when you're here. And when you're going forward there, um, there are things that we just haven't seen. And ultimately, I believe that that you really do become one. Now, David Bennett's experience saw all these little pieces of light, particles of light, beautiful description, and they were living and beings, and that we become those. And I, I would tend to believe that there is truth to that. But I do think that, um, you know, whatever happens to us, it is necessarily loving. I had a fun synchronicity not long ago. Um, I was um, part of my journey all of my life, or much of a good part of it, not so much recently, is determining, you know, are we going to heaven? Because when I was raised as a child, there was a lot of question of that. You know, you're introduced to the concept of hell, and some people aren't going to heaven, and who's not going to heaven, and what is heaven? Ah, I see a caller. I see you out there. If you want to talk to me, caller, at area code 917, please hit one, because last night I had someone on who didn't want to be on the air. So at area code 917, if you really have a question, um, please hit one so that I know that, because some people are just listening to the um, the teleconference. and. I may bring you anyway, just in case, because sometimes people just, it doesn't always work. But if I ever bring someone on the air, let me tell you this. If you're just listening to the teleconference and I bring you on, please don't feel um, self-conscious. Just very quickly say, oh, I'm just listening. And I'll just thank you and put you right back to listening. Absolutely nothing to worry about there. Because I don't want to miss a call if, if I can. And I always feel bad when I don't see them. And so I do see you out there, caller. And I think I'm going to go with my intuition and bring you on. But if you are just listening, please just tell me that. I'm just listening. Or if you have a question, feel free. So, area code 917, I'm going to bring you on to talk to me now. Hi, at area code 917. Hi. Are you there? How are you? Um, what's your first name? It's A. It's a little bit hard to hear you. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Thank you. Okay, what's your name again, your first name? It's A. Oh, boy, you're breaking up a little. You know what? You might try calling in again, and I'll pick your call up, because I can't really hear you real well. Or, or try one more time. Tell, tell, where are you calling from? Uh, it's okay. I think. Oh, I'm I hear you now. Back. No, I, I kind of hear you. All right. Well, if you want to call back, feel free. I'll pick you up. I'd like to talk to you. So, um, it's just 
kind of breaking. Are you on a speakerphone? Because you might get off the speaker. Yeah. That might help. Okay. Okay, thank you. Bye. All right. Call back if you can. Thank you. Okay, well, we tried to get a call on here. And you are welcome to call at area code 310-807-5104. And um, I do welcome calls to this show. And over time, we will continue to bring more in. And, um, and I am here to provide some guidance if you, if you need some help with something I'm happy to talk about that. Last night um, we had a caller who had experienced a job loss and um, we had a really good discussion about that. And I think that we will find that so many of us have compassion for different situations. Um, I will tell you that that my life has, has had such a diversity of experiences. I mean, I am a mother. I've worked in the professional world. I have an advanced degree. I've had pretty intense spiritual experiences. I've, I've, um, you know, just had had a health crisis. Um, I've had so many different things. I've questioned, you know, what spirituality is. If it's okay to be spiritual, if it's normal to be spiritual, if synchronicities are normal, there are lots of people who might tell you, oh, you know, that that just isn't real or, or whatever. And, you know, they really haven't studied um, Carl Jung, and I probably need to study it some more. Or they just haven't lived the experience of having meaningful coincidences because when you really pay attention to these, they become statistically impossible and real. They are very easy to demonstrate. They're not imagined. They're nothing that you're projecting. They are real. They are around you. You just have to notice them. So, um, okay. I think the caller called back. I'm not sure. It looks like we've got, I kind of lost the studio here for a second and while well, it was here, but kind of jumping around. I'm going to try to bring this caller on again here. We're almost to the top of the hour. And actually what I will do is as we reach the top of the hour here just about um, is we are, you are listening to the Frontier Beyond Fear. This show has been on the air for over five years. But this is a new feature of the show called Building Bridges, where I will be on many nights. I won't be on every night, but I will be on many nights doing this. So if you're looking for a place to spend the evening where there is some higher consciousness, compassionate talk, and some guidance, that's, this is a place you can come. There isn't going to be a lot of fear here. When there is fear, we're going to talk about it and how we can look about look at it in a higher consciousness way. And we will look at things in the news. If I have time tonight, I might look at a couple things. But right now, I'm going to see if I can bring this caller on again. So at area code 917, it at least has refreshed your call on the screen. So I'm going to try to bring you back in here now, um, right now. Hi, at area code 917, you're on the air again. Um, can we Hi. try again? Hi. I don't think I'm going to be talking today, but I'll listen. Oh, you want to listen? Oh, okay. 
Well, that's fine. Thank you for being here. I appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate you, too. All right. Take care. You can just listen all you like. See, there's a good example. If I bring a call on the air and it's just a listener, just just let me know. Because sometimes right now Blog Talk Radio isn't always telling you to press 1 to talk to the host. And so I welcome listeners on the teleconference line. And let me remind you that that line, 310-807-5104, whenever there is a show, um, whenever this show is active, if you call that line, like if you're not near a computer or whatever, um, you can listen. It's a teleconference. It's really kind of cool that it's both online and a teleconference. So, okay. Well, we are hitting the top of the hour now, and we'll see if we bring in any new people as as that happens. And... I'm going to explore a few things. Let's um let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the news a little bit. There are a couple of things in the news that I think a lot of people will find interesting here. And I'm going to bring one of these up. Um there was something that I saw today about this is the time of year when there is a lot of fruit in our grocery stores, right? And I found it really interesting, fruit and vegetables. In the grocery store, there was a study that came out very recently, and it was in the news today, about what fruit tends to have the most pesticide residues. And I think since all of us are leaning towards better health, this is good to know. And I know for a fact, you know, by... By living this life where I'm, I'm, I run my own spiritual business, and um, you know I'm not in the corporate world anymore. I've had to live very conservatively financially, and I know full well that there are times when you can't afford organics as much as you would like to, and so sometimes you may have fruit or vegetables that aren't organic, and if that's the case, it's good to know just what is most likely to have a pesticide residue and, you know, what you can do about that. So we're going to read this. Okay. Um, Time magazine has, has a story on this. It's on several. Strawberries. I have heard this before. In fact, they say in their story, it used to be apples, but... Be careful about strawberries because this is the time of year where they're out there in giant flats or they'll start showing up soon. It doesn't mean you can't eat them, but, you know, you really need to, I would wash them very carefully. Sometimes, you know, they say it can be challenging to for any number of fruit to get things off. If you can find organics, that would be great because a lot of times the organics are on sale. But they do say this, that strawberries are high. Apples are second, and followed by nectarines, peaches, celery. Always wash that celery because a lot of people may not have organic, although there's, that's one that's not that much more expensive. You know, that's the other thing is sometimes, you know, you don't have to go to Whole Foods or a store like that. You can be in your regular grocery store. Out here in the Pacific Northwest, we have Fred Meyer, for example. They have a lot of organics, and they're right next to each other, and 
sometimes they can be fairly reasonably priced, just a little bit more. But I know when you're counting your pennies, I've been there, um, when you're really conservative and you walk into that store and you know you have a certain amount to spend, it can be challenging, and that's when it's good to know. Celery, grapes, cherries, spinach. Spinach is high. And, you know, a lot of us get that, um, we'll get those um, plastic containers of, of spinach ready to eat, and it's good to know that if you can possibly do it, get organic. Even Walmart has organic spinach in a little bin for like $3, and it's only a little bit more than the non. So that's worth looking at. Tomatoes, red peppers, cherry tomatoes, cucumbers, hot peppers, and kale. Now, see, a lot of people eat kale to be healthy, and it turns out it can have a lot of pesticide residue. And I know another story I saw showed things that don't have a lot of pesticide residue, which is interesting. And, you know, sometimes we do need to be realistic. Sometimes you're going to be in a situation where you really can't easily buy organics all the time. And the same thing goes for, you know, meat you might eat. It can be fairly expensive. I'm going to try to find a version of this story because I know I saw one. I had had it queued up, but then I lost it on my screen where it shows the healthy things. Um, But I know avocados was one, and if I find it, I'll let you know. But right now I'm not finding it, so I'm just going to keep keep exploring here. Um, All right. See how we're doing over in the chat? Okay. Great. It's up tonight. At least it's staying up. I'm glad to see that. So what else was in the news that may be of interest? Um, There was something about Stephen Hawking wanting to go to the nearest star. I found that really interesting in the news. Um, Just exploring um see if I can get that up on a on a particular feed and then we can talk about it a little bit more. Yes, Stephen Hawking joins plan to send spacecraft to nearest stars. They want to send probes to the nearest stars. And I find that interesting as well. As a species We are reaching out more and more. And they say um, Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg is also involved in this. And they want to send um, nanocraft, which are very small. Um, They want to send them to the nearest star. Now, who knows how long that would take, but they are really setting this effort in motion. Now, something I would say about this, is we spend an awful lot of time exploring space, and that's a wonderful thing. However, you know, years ago it was a very obscure movie. There was a movie called Inner Space. But you know what? At a higher level, a higher consciousness level, we need to start thinking about exploring inner space just as much as we're exploring outer space because we're going to find that the two are inseparable and that if you really want to explore outer space, all you have to do is explore inner space. And those who have had um, higher consciousness experiences know exactly what I'm talking about, that um, that is a gateway to the stars. 
because we're inseparable. There's no such thing as space. And that's one of the most amazing things about having a higher consciousness experience because the multiverse is inside of you. And you've heard it said so many times, but if God is omnipresent and um, all of reality is essentially a part of God, all of reality is a part of you. And it can boggle the mind. But the thing is, is that you're not here to be totally boggled. You're here to be you. And the more that you can begin to step down that path of exploring in a grounded way, because I will tell you that grounding is very important. Sometimes people are spontaneously pulled into these things. Um, In my case, many years ago, I did have a situation where I had hit my head in 2003, and nobody ever knew if that had something to do to some degree with having... um, a a powerful experience at the time. Um, But it was more to it than that, I feel. I mean, we just didn't know. But because of that, I became a much more spiritual person. And I experienced things that were amazing. And over time, I actually started to be able to intuitively see some things, um, such as evidence of reincarnation. One of the things that I'm studying, and this came to me intuitively, was having found a photographic connection to someone in the past who I never could have known about in any way, knew nothing about them, and yet there are all these parallels and found a circle that looks very much like like me and other friends around me, and not only just one circle, but other circles. And I'm not the first to have found this kind of thing, but... Um, there is more and more evidence of such things occurring. And the fact that I really had no way to even look for something like that when it happened, where I just spontaneously found someone, and her favorite song was was the song that I loved as a child, and there were just all these little parallels. Um, A picture from high school of mine looked so much like her picture that a teacher of mine from high school that I showed this to happened to be quite open-minded, almost fainted, gasped when I showed the two pictures, or showed her the picture. I didn't need to show her a picture of me in high school because she remembers what I look like in high school. But I showed her the picture of this person who was um, a um, painter and a model in the 19th century. But no one, some people know about her, but she's not real well known. And I just stumbled upon all of this. And the painter who painted her is the first person I stumbled, well, actually both of them at once, and then people around them. And more and more people have reports of this kind of thing. And the most genuine things that you find, you stumble over. You don't expect them. That's true of so many discoveries. But because I was studying that, it changed me. It helped give me confidence in what reality is actually like. Now, some people can feel really uncomfortable with the idea of reincarnation because I know there is a feeling like, hey, I don't want to have to come back. I know that that is fairly common where people will say that they just want to go to heaven and enjoy it. Well, that's why I tend to believe in reincarnation by choice. However, I would also tend to believe that we are such adventurous angels and spirits 
that when we get to the other side, we really just get right back in line to come right back. Um, I have another call on the line. Since we're not really having a way to distinguish between the teleconference and wanting to ask a question, I'm going to do the same thing. If I bring you on and you just want to listen, do what the other person did. Just say, I'm just listening, and I'll just welcome you and thank you for being here and just let you be. But at area code 850, if you do have a question, I'm going to bring you on the line here to see if you do. And if if you don't, you can feel free to call back in, If and I won't pick up your call again. But area code 850, I'm going to bring you on the line. Hi, at area code 850, are you there? Hi, I'm just listening. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I'm glad that you're here. Thank you. See, it's working. That's not so hard. That makes it easier for me because a lot of people aren't hitting one, or if they do hit one, I've been told sometimes it doesn't show up. So I'd much rather err on bringing someone on. And there was one person last night who just dropped off. And if you do that, let me tell you, those of you who are listening who are online and you ever want to listen by phone, if I bring you on and you absolutely don't want to say anything, then just drop off and come back, and I will not bring you on again. <laughs> but thank you. So, um, well, welcome. We're getting a few more callers in, and we're getting some some chat room participants tonight. And I will tell those of you who are joining here that I am going to make this show more and more regular at night. This will be a place where we can talk about things in a positive way, that we can think about our world in a love-based, compassionate, positive way where we can examine some of our fears because fear does exist, but we can then look at things in bringing it the right direction instead of constantly worrying about everything going downhill. Because if we are going downhill, it's just to pick up speed so that we can go up. (laughs) And I can guarantee it because God is love. God is love, the universe spirit, the angels. It doesn't matter what name you choose to use. Some people have trouble with God. I actually had trouble using the word God for a while when I was just struggling with different things, and now I don't have any trouble using that word anymore. To me, all I feel is love when I think of God or when I think of you know our creator and how we are a part of that creator because That creator is omnipresent everywhere in us, and we're creating ourselves. Let's explore that again. That's so important. You know, we are here having this amazing experience as us. Yes, sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it doesn't go the way we expect. Sometimes it goes the way of, you know, just things that we couldn't possibly expect or imagine. And that's why we're here. We're here to explore. We're here to have an adventure. We're here to grow. We're here to love. We're not just here to have some mindless adventure. We're here to grow the love of God. We're here to show just how much the love of God can reach into a place that at times may seem very distant from that love. But the light never goes off, ever. It can never go out. And 
sometimes when we find ourselves in a dark place, we're here to light a match and to light up a cave. When I grew up, we used to go to this place called Cave of the Winds, and it was in Colorado, and you went up this really scary road to get there, and my dad was driving an old station wagon from the 60s probably, and this was the 70s, and we'd be looking off the edge of a cliff, and on this very narrow road, we would eventually get up to Cave of the Winds. And those who lived in Colorado, and maybe some of you did, know that when you walked into Cave of the Winds as a child, one of the first things you saw was a giant bin filled with bobby pins. Because in those days, those of you who are younger may not know or have encountered many bobby pins in your life, but they still exist, I'm sure, in the days before curling irons, which I sadly remember, or most of us didn't have curling irons, we used curlers and um, bobby pins to put our hair up. And certainly people, my sisters, who had very classic, especially one had classic 60s hair, um, used lots of curlers. So anyway, there there was this huge bin of bobby pins. Well, what did that mean to me as a child? Oh, my gosh, it was time. It was time in a bin because some of these things looked ancient, like from the turn of the century. They weren't even, they were hairpins. And I felt this incredible sense of somebody dropped that pin in there, you know, 30 years ago. And wow, isn't that cool? And I have no idea if this bin still exists in this place. Probably not. It's probably considered unsanitary. But in those days, you know, it's funny how it just takes a little thing like that to experience time and to experience oneness with those who came before us. And to think to ourselves, my God, in this very space that I'm standing, this really cool cave that we were about to enter, um, these people have been walking in here for, you know, generations. And then you would also think beyond this little bin, how it had a Native American history and all of that, which is even more wonderful to think about. And so anyway, you would walk into this cave, and at some point they would turn all the lights out, and they would say, this is total darkness. This is as close to total darkness as you are going to experience. And it was dark. (laughs) And then someone would light a match. And it filled the whole room. And you've seen this. This is a, a saying that many of you have seen, or there's an image that I just saw on Facebook just a couple days ago of this, how a match will fill an entire room. And that's exactly true. And that's why we're here. We are here when we're in a dark place and when we're holding the light, when we learn to live the love and the compassion that is accessible to every single one of us, when we embrace it, when we hold it as much as we can, even when we struggle. Sometimes we need somebody else to hold up the silly match. Sometimes we just have to find some way to pull ourselves to strike the match so that we can see, because we all have dark times. Of course we do. I've had them. I've had them fairly recently, as a matter of fact. We all have them. We all go through periods like that. And we also need to be careful. Nowadays in our society, you're almost not allowed to be human anymore before someone will say to you, oh, you know, are you having a dark time? Whatever. You know, yes, you can have 
some challenging periods that don't let up. And then, you know, you need assistance. But we also need to honor our human experience and realize that sometimes we experience something that's difficult, some kind of a loss, something that didn't go the way that we had hoped, something inexplicable sometimes. And we just need to accept that we're going to have certain emotions. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's being human. And in our current world, we can be a little bit hasty to take away our humanity and to say that we can't experience our emotions sometimes because you know what? That's one of the most beautiful things of being human is that we feel. And being able to feel is far better than the alternative. We're not here to be numb. We're not, if we wanted to be numb and not experience the different emotions that we have on this planet, then we wouldn't have bothered to come here at all. So the next time that you're having a rough day, you know, one of the things that you might say to yourself is, hey, I am human. I am a human being. And that, oh, my gosh, I am just so happy that I have a heart. I am just so happy that I can actually feel because when you feel, you're alive. You're alive. And before you know it, you're going to feel joy just by knowing that you're feeling. It's amazing how things can shift and that suddenly the smallest thing can bring you joy. You know, when my loved one was in the hospital, it didn't take a whole lot. I spent time in the chapel. And I highly recommend that, by the way. If you're visiting a loved one or you're with a loved one, I was astounded at how few people went into the chapel. And as much as I enjoyed, or I don't know if enjoy is the right word, but appreciated and found peace sitting in that quiet chapel in a huge hospital and almost no one came in there, I really wish more people would have been in there. Nobody was there to preach to me. Nobody talked to me at all. It was just a peaceful, interdenominational chapel. It was a place of peace, and it was really helpful to me. So if you have a loved one in the hospital, I do want you to consider that. Just take a break and go walk over to that chapel. A lot of times there are plants around there, and that's the other thing, too. Go look out the window. That was helpful to me, too, even in the room itself. But if you need to walk down the hall, there was a break room in our hospital where I could walk down the hall and and just look out the window. There was a view. A lot of hospitals, you're on an upper floor, and you can see something. Well, just anything. You know, get outside for a few minutes, um, whatever. These things do matter. And finding just a little bit of beauty. What if you're the patient? Well, same thing. I mean, you may not be able to get out. You may be where you are, although nowadays for many things you do need to get up and walk around. It's very unusual where you're not, but there can certainly be situations where you're confined. But the thing is, is that if you are walking around, notice things. Notice your surroundings. Notice what you can see out the window. And I would have to believe more and more hospitals have those wonderful television things on where it's just a peaceful scene. Ours would change all day, you know, like during the day. As the day progressed, 
the scene would progress. So at dawn, it was dawn. At lunchtime, it was, you know, something like midday. And so anyway, just some advice if you happen to find yourself in that setting. Um, I see we're getting closer to the last five minutes of this show, and I'm probably almost losing my voice, but not quite. And I have really um, appreciated those of you who have been here with us tonight. Um, And, wow, thank you, Blog Talk Radio. Looks like we've made it to the front page at some point. And I'm appreciative of that because I really want to share a positive, helpful message, a higher consciousness message in the night as much as I can with those who are listening and to be here with some consistency when I can be here. I will aim to be here when I can. And over time, this show will grow. because And the, the regular Frontier Beyond Fear will continue. Um, maybe over time, I'll start having some guests at night. Um, I, I've had that at times already. Um, but I do know for sure that the next show with a guest is actually on Thursday at 9 a.m. The times can shift for the show, depending. I've often done that during the day. The Frontier Beyond Fear tends to run um, a lot of times at noon Pacific is a very common time um, when I have a guest. But if a guest is overseas, I will move the show, and it can be different times. So Thursday, the 14th, we have a guest coming on at 9 a.m. Pacific. It is Gail Rex, and we're going to talk about Gail's new book that discusses healing the earth. Very relevant. Um, I will very likely, if I'm able, be on the air tomorrow night. Um, So look for this show again tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Pacific. Um, I'm not sure if I'll be on an hour, an hour and a half. If Until we start getting more callers, I do start to lose my voice after a while. So um, it may be an hour tomorrow night. We'll see. But um, keep an eye out. I hope to be on tomorrow night and also Friday night, the 15th. Um, I might start the show a little bit later on Friday. I might start it at 8 p.m. Pacific, but look for it. Saturday night, I could be on. You never know. Same with Sunday. Any given night, if I feel guided, I will be here. And you will find this show, and it will be a place where you can spend time and feel good about yourself and your world. And we'll talk about the news more as it evolves. I haven't really brought that in as much. But we'll talk about that, too, if something's going on that's frightening. We'll find that place of peace. We'll find that place of gratitude. And we'll find that place of being thankful that we are alive in this time, that we are experiencing this earth at this time where all of these things are happening. And some of them are very hard, but we're going to do our best to hold the light, that we're going to really begin to believe that we are in the midst of a quantum shift and that the things that seem dark are propelling us forward so that we may know about these things, so that we may change them, so that we can reach out to those of our fellow mankind in our lives, 
It may be people close to you to help raise the light as much as we can to focus on love, focus on the omnipresent, creative God that is everywhere. And if someone we know doesn't believe in God, we're not going to force our beliefs on them, but we're certainly going to share them when we can because there is an experience of the world that we all can have. It is open to us. And we, if we can help people to at least be intrigued by what is going on instead of judging what is going on, we've taken a great step in the right direction. Why do we want to influence people? Because it does change the way our world is run. It changes the way we teach our children. It changes the way we all think about the world. And this is about about having a shared experience. It's not about forcing anything on anybody ever. It's about opening up, and it's about having the courage to say that you are open and having the courage more and more to share what that means and to point out when unusual things occur, like how can there be these photographic resemblances in the past? How can that be? How can reincarnation be something that really may be true? Or what alternative explanation do you have? Or how can how can we reach out to one another in compassion? How can we feel? How can we experience life and be alive? How can we find the mysterious and the miraculous in nature? All of these things. Come to FrontierBeyondFear.com. Look for us on Facebook. Follow the show. If you want to know when there's going to be an episode, follow the show. I welcome that. Follow on Twitter. I'm going to do more on Twitter because I've got um, been on Twitter for a long time. But um, thanks, everyone, for being here. And I will very likely be here again tomorrow night unless something changes. But if not tomorrow night, I will certainly be here again soon. Take care, everyone. Mm-hmm.